Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Grab your notes and your Bible, and let me preach to you about purpose today. Uh, We are a Spirit-filled church. Now, some of you, that's the first time you've ever heard that, or maybe you've heard it, but you don't even know what it means. Let me explain it in the most simplest of terms. It means you're in a church theologically today that believes the Holy Spirit is active, working, and available for every believer. Say amen to that. And we believe that His accompanying gifts are available and active and working in the church. We don't think there's stuff just in the Bible that's just in the Bible and it only works for them. We think God's Holy Spirit wants to do the same thing in your life. Amen, everybody? In other words, we believe in miracles. Does anybody believe in miracles today? You believe God can work miracles in the lives of... I do. I believe God is a miracle working. I've seen God heal cancer. I've seen God raise the dead with my two eyeballs. I've seen someone without a pulse, a long time without a pulse, declared clinically dead, and God raised them from the dead. I believe God can do that in this church, in every life. I believe God's a miracle working God. Say amen. I believe God wants to move in your life and the Holy Spirit wants to move in your life. I believe you can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I believe you can have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I believe God puts the Holy Spirit on the inside of you and His gifts are activated in you. The gift of prophecy and the gift of the working of miracles and the gift of faith and and the gift of tongues. The other day my son and I were riding in the truck. Uh, We ride in the truck because I pastor in Texas. Come on somebody. So we were riding in our truck the other day, and he said, Daddy, just very, uh, we talk about theology, we talk about doctrine in our home. He said, Daddy, you ever spoke in tongues? I said, Son, I pray in tongues every day of my life. Every day I live. Can't, can't live without it. Got to have it. It's a communion between my spirit and the Holy Spirit. It's a prayer language you can receive from the Lord. Do you believe that, everybody? That's the kind of church we're in today. No, no, listen, I never want to sneak up on anybody. Like, no questions about it. That's that's who we are and what we believe. But listen close, because I don't want you to get this twisted. The Holy Spirit and being a Spirit-filled believer is not for status. It's not so you can say, look at what I can do. Look at what God's given me. Look at what my gifts are. Look at how our church is. Look at what we're able to do. The Holy Spirit is not for status. He is for service. Say amen to that. He's for service. God gave you the Holy Spirit so you could do something to make a difference in this world. And if all you have is an experience with God on Sundays where you feel good and you have this goosebump run up and down your arm, but it doesn't change your life on Monday and Tuesday, then it is not an effective experience with the Lord. You need a Christianity that is both powerful and that is practical changing your life. Say amen to that. That it works for you on Monday through Friday. That it's something that does something inside of your life. And the way I believe that happens is God gives you His Spirit so you'll do something with it. Because you were born on purpose. Everybody shout purpose. You didn't shout it, so I'm going to tell you till you shout it. Everybody shout purpose. You have 
purpose in your life. You are not an accident. You may have been unplanned to your mama and daddy, but God knew you before you were ever formed in your mother's womb. As a matter of fact, the Bible said that every day of your life is written in His book before one of them came to be. God has a plan for your life. He does. And you're not an accident. Let me go ahead and, right in the face of culture, let me go ahead and tell you what we believe. You were not born in the wrong body. You were born the way God wanted you to be designed. You weren't born in the wrong skin, in the wrong body, to the wrong family, with the wrong DNA, with the wrong gifts. You are who God says you are. Say amen to that everybody. You are created by God to do something with your life. You are not just meant to sit there like a bump on a pickle. Don't look around because some of us are pickles. Don't. You are meant to contribute in this world. You've got purpose in your life. You've got calling in your life. God put something on the inside of you so you would do something. You were created by a creative God so you could create things in the world. Say amen to that. You've been blessed by a giving God, not so you could just take, but so you could be a giver in the world. Say amen to that. And a hallmark of spirit-filled living isn't just experiencing God for yourself. A hallmark of spirit-filled living is serving others. It's living your life on mission. It's deciding this isn't just for me. I don't have all of this for me. I didn't get all this for me. God gave me what He gave me, the gifts He gave me, the talents He gave me, the interests He gave me, the passions He gave me, the money He gave me, the relationships He gave me, the skills He gave me. God gave all of that to me, not just so I could hoard it up and tell everybody, look at me, look what I got, look what I can do. He gave it to you so you could do something in this world. That God's called you to make a difference in the world. Say amen to that. If you have your Bibles, Romans. I'm going to read out of the message paraphrase of the Bible. We'll be around Romans 12 or so today. The message is a paraphrase. It's not a direct line-for-line uh, -line translation, but I love the way that Eugene Peterson paraphrases Romans 12 and 1. Here's what the Bible said. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Let me pause here. By the way, that's the Holy Spirit. God helping you. Here's what I want you to do. When you realize the Holy Spirit has given you purpose, has anointed your life, He's given you gifts, given you finance, given you talent, given you relationship, when God has helped you, here's what I want you to do. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, you're walking around life, and here's what I want you to do with it. I want you to place it before God as a what? As an offering. That my life, look at me, not my money, my life is an offering to God. 
my everyday life, the career I have, the office I go to, the people I interact with, the campus I serve on, the place that I go every day, the people that God put in my path, the lady in Starbucks that serves me, my cashier at HEB, everybody in my orbit and in my sphere of influence, God wants me to take that life and say, God, you gave me all of this. Now I'm giving it back to you as an all. Say amen to that. And if you'll do it, here's what the Bible says, you'll embrace what God does for you. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for God. How many of you want your life to honor God? Let me see your hands. You want your life to honor God? Look for people without their hands up and ask them why. I want my life to honor God. I want, to get, I, want, I want something, I want to be able to present to God, here's what I did with what you gave me. Here's what I did with the stuff you put in my hand. If you want your life to do that, embracing what God has given you is the best thing you can do for Him. Embracing your, realizing. I, matter of fact, Romans, if you keep reading in Romans, the Bible says that we present our bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to the Lord that our whole lives are sacrifices to God God wants your whole life every day of your life your work your family your marriage your money your decisions your thought life your peace your children God wants every area of your life and listen to me here if you've never heard this before hear this God wants every area of your life to be blessed he wants the blessing on your life. Now you think, man, this is the kind of church, this is one of those kind of prosperity kind of churches, or maybe you got, no, 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 don't get this mixed up. God came, Jesus came to give you a blessed life. I'll show it to you in God's Word. John 10 and 10, the Bible says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus is talking in John 10 and 10. He says, But I have come that they may have what? And have it to the what? Another translation says abundant life. There are two lives in John 10 and 10. I have come that they may have life. That's eternal life. That's what Jesus came for to pay for your sins that you could live in heaven with Him forever. And then He came so you have abundant life. Life to the full. Blessed life. That the hand of God is on your life. But listen, if you want a blessed life, look at me. You have a part to play. You have a part to play in the abundant life Jesus wants to give you. It's that you offer your, the best thing you can do for God is that you offer what He's done for you as an offering to Him. That every area of my life I'm giving in purpose. Today I want to talk to you about serving God by serving others. If you're taking notes, I want you to write in your notes, I'm going to serve God by serving people. I'm going to serve God by serving others. Matthew 20 and 28, the Bible says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, just as Jesus didn't come to be served, but to do what? Jesus came to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to serve other people. And listen to me, you are not better than Jesus. I know some of you think you are. You are not. You don't have something Jesus didn't have. And if Jesus didn't come to be served, didn't come to take, didn't come to be a consumer, but He came to be a contributor, a giver, and a servant, then that's what God's called you to do. Say amen to that. Write this in your notes like this. If you are too big to serve... 
you're too small to lead. If you're too big to serve, you're too small to lead. If you decide, some of you have worked for small bosses before. Are you following me on this? Now, I don't mean height. Come on. I don't mean small like that. Because brothers that are small are powerful. Come on, somebody. Like, I'm not talking about size. I'm not talking about, yeah, I've worked for a fellow your size. I'm not talking about that. I mean, you've worked for small people. Their compassion is small. Their, their capacity for love is small. Their insecurities make their lives small. Let me tell you how you get small. It's because you're too big to serve. It's amazing to me the people who to struggle with insecurity and struggle with that inferiority complex and struggle with and are, they live small lives you can almost always trace it back to a heart that is a taker that is a that, that, that's a consumer I'm here for me and not here for you and not here for others but if you'll develop a heart that is too big to I'm God I'm serving God I'm, I just didn't come from me it's not about me it's not about what I can get it's not about what I have it's about others God will open up your life and you'll live a big life if you'll learn to serve other people say amen to that because the kingdom of God is backwards I know some of you are thinking man I'm not a leader anywhere you know I'm not a manager I'm not a supervisor and I don't lead but you, you are if you have a family you're a leader you're a mom, you're a leader. If you're a dad, a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, you're a leader. Maybe you lead on your job. Maybe you're a business owner. Maybe you lead on the team that you're on at work. There are people who are following you. If you're a teenager today, you're a leader. There are people who are following you. When my kids go to school every morning, I pray the same prayer when I lay my hands on them. I say, God, make them leaders and not followers. I want them to be leaders. I want them to be the ones who stand up. You're a leader. But in the kingdom of God, listen, the leaders go last. You didn't catch that. In the kingdom of God, in the, in the world, leaders are the ones out front. They're the ones telling everybody, look at me, see me, worship me, see my stuff. I want you to be like me. But in the kingdom of God, it's just the opposite. The last are first. The least is greatest. The servant is the master. you got to learn how to serve other people in your life. Say amen to that. you got to be a serving kind of people. Because God put purpose on the inside of you. God put purpose in your life. God created you with purpose and God created you for a purpose. And there's a lot of people who don't like purpose preaching. They're like, man, I don't like this. I don't like to hear this and I don't like to think about that. And the truth is, I don't know if I have purpose or I, I've tried, you know, I, 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 I've, I've searched around or I've tried these different things and, and I failed at it. I doubt I even really have a calling on my life or I doubt I really have purpose on my life. Here's what I know in over two decades of ministry and meeting with people, countless people about their purpose here's what I know is true it's not that you don't have purpose is that you're trying to discover purpose apart from God you're trying to find purpose in money and money can't satisfy you try to find purpose in status and status can't satisfy you try to find purpose in achievement and achievement isn't satisfying you try to find purpose in a bigger car a bigger ranch more stuff more money more money in the bank more 401k more leverage at work and none of that stuff fills you up this relationship didn't that marriage didn't this place didn't that church didn't and it's because none of those things gave you purpose 
purpose. They may have gave you resources and people, but they didn't give you purpose. There's only one place you can get your purpose, and it's from God Almighty. God is the giver of purpose in my life. God is where calling comes from. And if you want to find it, you got to go to Him. you got to say, okay, God, I've tried everything else. I've done everything else. I'm frustrated. I'm doing, I'm spinning my wheels and not going anywhere. And here's the word that we use in, in, in modern day culture. Listen, we say things like, I'm burnt out. I'm burnt out. You may have said that. You may have heard somebody say that. Let me tell you something that I believe about burnout. You can write this in your notes and you can say, Pastor, I don't know if I agree with it. That's okay. You can be wrong. You got the right to be wrong. But the truth of the matter is this. Write it down like this. You don't burn out from doing too much. You burn out from doing too much of the wrong thing. You do not burn out from doing... I don't believe you burn out from doing too much. I believe you burn out from doing too much of the wrong thing. God, why, what, why would God put purpose on the inside of you, fill your life up with calling, put His Holy Spirit in you so that you could do something, activate you with power, and then put a kill switch on the inside of you that when you started doing what God called you to do, He would make you tire out and burn out. Why would God do that? Because He doesn't do that. God didn't put a kill switch on the inside of you. As a matter of fact, just the opposite is true. When you start living in purpose, it's amazing. You'll start being more refreshed. You'll start having more energy. You'll start have, you, you can work in your purpose ten times more than you can work out of your purpose. You never burn out from doing too much. You just burn out from doing too much of the wrong thing. Can I get a better amen than that? People say, Pastor, I'm just burnt out from serving at church. Okay. That's funny. I've just never met people who burn out from playing golf. I've never met. I got one bad golfer. that. I've never met somebody on a boat on the lake that goes, you know what? I'm burnt out from this. I don't want to be on the lake no more. This is, I'm burnt out from doing this. I've got to find something else to do. Nobody. Ever. It's amazing to me. You don't burn out from doing too much. You burn out from giving your energy and effort to things that aren't in your purpose, that God didn't call you to do. Purpose gives you life. Purpose gives you abundance. Purpose gives you hope. Purpose gives you clarity. Purpose gives you direction. But when you don't walk in purpose and you don't realize God has a calling on your life and you don't walk in that calling, it'll take energy out of you. It'll take joy out of you. It'll take hope out of your life. It'll take strength away from you and you'll end up burnt out Chasing the wrong thing. Say amen to that, everybody. You'll have a lot of... Write this in your notes. I didn't put it on the screen, but you need to write it down. You'll have a lot of motion, but no movement. You'll have a lot of motion, but no movement. Your calendar will be full, but your life isn't moving forward. You'll, have a, you'll be spending a lot of money, but the ball's not moving down the field. Are you with me, everybody? You'll have motion and think, man, why am I so tired doing all this stuff? But you're not moving anywhere towards God and towards your purpose. This happened to me several years ago. Brandy and I got away to Port Aransas. Now, if you're from Texas, you're not allowed to say Port Aransas. You can only say Port... I don't know why. 
It's not a port B. It's not a port C. Got to say port A. So we were at port A and we were on vacation. I tell you we were on vacation because I want to make the distinction. When we take our kids, it doesn't matter if we go to Europe. That's called a trip. But if it's just Brandy and I and we go to comfort, it's called vacation. Come on, somebody. That's a little clarity to help you in your marriage. Not even a marriage message, but that'll help you. A trip, you take your kids on. Vacation, you don't take your kids on. So we were on vacation in Port A. And we'd spent all day at the beach. We'd fought jellyfish and seaweed and oil and all that kind of stuff down there. And this, it's a true story. I wish it wasn't, but it's a true story. Sun was setting. It had set down in there. And I, I have a truck because I passed her in Texas. So I, I love, I grew up on the, in the deep south on the east coast, and our beaches are different than beaches in Texas, mainly because of the uh, jellyfish, seaweed, and oil. But, other, but, but also we can't drive, we couldn't drive on the beach. But in Texas beaches, you can drive on the beach. Are you all with me on this? So I'd driven my truck. I'd never done that before. Drove my truck down on the beach. We'd stayed there all day long. And now the sun's setting. We had good times. Come on, somebody. We get ready to go eat. It's getting dark quick. I jump in the truck. You know, I got a truck. I put that joker in drive. And we start making a lot of noise. And we start kicking a lot of sand. And we don't move nowhere. And the more I press the gas pedal, the deeper we got in this sand. Do you know what I'm trying to tell you? By the time I finally quit being dumb and got out of the truck... The whole wheel well in the back was sunk all the way down in the sand. There was a ton of motion. We just weren't moving anywhere. We were slinging sand everywhere. I was, man, I had, there was noise. I was burning gas. We just weren't moving the truck out of there. Now, luckily, let me give you a good thing about a Texas uh, beach is there's always somebody with a bigger truck than yours. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Somebody with a big old 350 come by and pull me out like a rag doll. And there I go. We're on our way. And. I gave a $100 bill and said, man, you saved my life tonight. Listen, let me be an F-350 in your life and pull you out of this. You don't need to just keep spinning around your life. You need to move your life forward. Quit wasting your energy and your gifts and your money and your talents on stuff that isn't moving you anywhere. And you look back over your life and you're sunk down further than when you started. And your life didn't move forward. Motion and no movement. So how do I discover my purpose? I'm glad you asked. I'll give you a couple of ways. Write these down. I'm going to give you some practical ways. Let me teach you the Bible. Some practical ways to discover the purpose of God in your life. Number one, ask yourself, what am I passionate about? Where are my passions? Now, I'm not just helping 20-year-olds. I'm helping 50-year-olds in the room who have slung a lot of sand and not move forward. What am I passionate about? What makes me come alive? Passion is the great energizer. It's actually one of the prerequisites for staff team at City Hills Church. Is we ask, well, what do you pa- tell me about your passions? What lights you up? I mean, what, what's the thing that keep man? When you talk about it, your eyes light up. We have that on our staff team. We have it in Brody. Brody's been on our staff team for about three years now, three and a half years now, and 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 yeah, that's fantastic. That's all right, everybody. Man, I'll walk in the auditorium. By the way, nothing scarier than a dark church. Can I get a good amen? I built the church and it still scares me. I know where everything is and it scares me. 
But man, it'll be, I'll, I'll be in here and I'll think I'm by myself and I'll come on the stage and there's cords every which away and there's plugs and he's got Velcro and it's wrapped, he's redoing and rewiring. Somebody asked me, Pastor, how does this work? I don't know how it works. I don't know how this works. I don't know how these work. I don't even know what this is or why it's up here. I don't know why any of this works because it's not my passion. But there is somebody that it is and it lights him up you got to ask yourself, what's the stuff that lights me up? Look at me. That's not by accident. That's how you come across purpose. That it lights you up. That nobody makes you do it. You can't stop doing it. It excites you. It unlocks the door to your purpose. Now, I like to give you one caveat to, to, to the first one. That what am I passionate about? I like to call this the American Idol caveat. Because you can have a lot of passion and not be good at it. <laughs> that's the American Idol caveat are you with me on that everybody pastor I'm passionate about singing well honey I heard you I'm going to give you this is a true story I'm going to give you the Bible how to, how, to, how to prevent that from happening in your life is a small group because a small group is a group of honest believers that you get around and you take the mask off and somebody in your small group goes <laughs> you can't sing <laughs> and they help you find your purpose. Are you with me, everybody? you got to find your passion. What am I passionate about? Here's the second thing. It leads from that American Idol caveat. Here's the second thing. What are my gifts? Your passions are different than your gifts. Your passions are what you're interested in. Your, your gifts are what you're good at. Your gifts are what you're good at. And God gave you passions and gifts so that you could unlock purpose. God, I'm giving you some practical ways to discover purpose in your life. That God gave you passions and gifts to unlock purpose. Romans 12 and verse 5 says it like this. So in Christ, though many, we form one body and each member belongs to all the others. And we have different, everybody say this, we have different what? We have different what? You have a gift from God according to the what? Grace given to each of us. Look into my eyes. You have a grace gift from God. You have a grace gift from God. You're not just good at this. It's a gift on you. You're not just good at hospitality. It's a gift by the grace of God. You're not just good at organizational leadership. You have a grace gift of leadership. You're not just good at leading Bible studies. You have a grace gift of understanding. You're not just good at building teams. You have a grace gift of team building. You're not just good at finding resources. You have a grace gift of that. It's a gift of God. And if you're going to discover the purpose of God in your life, you got to find your passions. And then you got to say, okay, God, what's the grace gift on me? What's the gift of grace in my life? And then it lists some of them. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesying according to your faith. By the way, I believe that. Here's number seven, though. Everybody likes, everybody likes prophesying gifts and miracle gifts and all that sort of stuff. But verse seven says, if your grace gift is serving, then what do you do? If your grace gift is teaching, what do you do? You do it. If it's to encourage then give encouragement. Do you know there are people in this church and this service that have the grace gift of encouragement? 
They're encouraging. You, you just, when you walk into a room, it lights up. You, pe- your mama told you, people like you. You're, you're good at this. Pe- people, that's not just by chance. No, you've got a grace gift on your life of encouragement. You've got a grace gift, and God wants to use that gift on the inside of you. Here's another one. People don't recognize this, but if it's serving, serve, teaching, teach, encourage, encouragement, if your grace gift is giving, then what do you do? Give generously. We believe in the gift of generosity here. We actually have a whole dream team called Kingdom Builders. These are people who give above and beyond their tithing. Their tithing, tithing is the floor of generosity in God's Word. It's what every believer, 10% of my income belongs to God. doesn't even belong to me. So I don't even, I don't give my tithe. I return it back to God. It's His to begin with. So I return my tithe. There's a whole group of people who say, I've got the gift of giving. That God gave me more than I need, not just for me, but He blessed me with more so that I could be a blessing to others. That God's given to us generously so that we, our kingdom builders, they help us accelerate the vision of God in our church. They help us do what we're going to do from the Lord, but we do it faster because our kingdom builders say, I got the gift of giving. Pastor, if there's something, I'll tell you how it happens. Like last week, two weeks ago, when we talked about Serve Day and we said Children's Hunger Fund, we're going to pack meals for 250 families. In between services, a kingdom builder came to me and said, that's not enough. I'll match it. Let's double it. And we doubled the amount of families. Over 500 families we're serving at Children's Hunger Fund. Why? Because there's a gift. There's a grace on his life. That he says, God gave me more, but the more, I always said this way, always ask the Lord what the more is for. God, why did you bless me with more? God, why did you give me this increase? Because you want me to do something to bless other people. Everybody has a grace gift. Everybody has God's call on your life. You're thinking, not me, man. I just got a career. I just go to work. I just do my thing. I just got a job. I just, man, I don't, that ain't my, that ain't my purpose. Write it down like this. When you're bigger than your purpose, you have a career. When you think, man, I, you know, I, this is beneath me. I don't really, do, I don't hold doors. I don't hold babies. I don't do all that stuff. I appreciate that. I don't go to serve day. I ain't into sweating. I don't do that. When you're bigger than your purpose, you, you, you just go to work and have a career. But when your purpose, here's the next one. When your purpose is bigger than you, you have a calling. You realize I may just be on the assembly line, but God put me on this line in between these two people so I could make a difference in their life. God put me in this classroom full of first graders not to just teach math or science. God put me in this classroom so I could be a light to these students and I could raise future world changers. God gave me what He gave me. I'm a real estate agent, but it's not just so I can buy and sell homes. It's because God's going to bring people into my life that need encouragement, that need to hear the gospel, that I need to minister to. And it's a, it's a, it's purpose. I got calling in my life. I got calling. My purpose is not to be discovered. It's not to be famous. It's not to find success. Listen to me. My purpose is to be significant in this life. I've met a lot of I met a lot of successful people who don't live lives of significance. I've met a ton of you can be the Fortune 500 CEO and have a ton of success and go to bed at night not feeling like you lived a significant life. Or you can be a janitor at Burger King mopping floors. 
and know God called me here. God gave me this job. I'm here to make a difference in the lives of these people. There's something God's going to use me here. I'm not just mopping floors for me. I'm mopping floors for the glory of God. And honey, you'll make a dance and you can just mop it all up. Why do you mop like that? Why do you have that? Because this is not for me. God gave me this so my life is significant. Write it down like this. Success is when you add value to you. Significance is when you add value to others. Success says, I need a bigger house. I want a bigger ranch. I need a nicer truck. We need a boat. I want this stuff. It's about me and mine and my stuff. And that's success, and there's nothing wrong with success. I'm not, there's nothing wrong with having and doing. But I want you to live a life of significance. It says, God, you put me on this earth to do something for other people. You put me in this church to do something for other people. You put me here to be an ambassador. You put me here to use my gifts and talents to come alongside the body of Christ to make a difference in the lives of others. God has called you to serve other people. Come play. Let me finish. So I'm going to give you five benefits to serving other people. I'm actually going to give you five benefits to serving in your local church because it's serve day weekend and I'm a fairly predictable guy. Next year, if you come on July the 15th after serve day, guess what I'm preaching about? Serving. It's, it's fairly predictable. I'm going to give you five benefits. I want you to write these down. Of serving others, of walking in purpose, doing what God's called you to do. If you'll serve other people, if you'll serve with the body of Christ inside of a local church, number one, write these down quickly and I'll pray for you. Number one, you'll find something bigger than your problems. You will find something bigger than your problems. Now don't say what I didn't say. I did not say God would deliver you out of your problems. I said you'll find something bigger than your problems. I did not say all your problems will go away. I said you'll live a life of significance where something bigger than my problems. What if you could wake up, look at my eyes, what if you could wake up on Monday morning and not focus on what was wrong? Not focus on what you don't have. Not focus on the failures of your life. But the first thought that ran through your mind is, I'm going to live on purpose today. I'm going to get up and do something for God today. I'm going to get up and build God's kingdom today. God put me here. God has a plan for me. And if you'll serve, you will find something bigger than your problems. I'll show it to you in the Bible. Isaiah 58 and 10, one of my favorite passages in all the Bible. Isaiah 58 and 10. If you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and you satisfy the needs of the oppressed. Everybody catch it? If you spend yourself in behalf of the hungry and if you satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then, look at this, your light will rise in the darkness. And your night will become like the noonday. Did you catch that? If you'll give to others, if you'll live a life serving other people, God said, I tell you what I'll do. I, when, it's, when it's darkness in your life, when there's nighttime in your life, I will raise the light of your life. That doesn't make your problems go away. It just means you serve something bigger than your problems. I'll... Uh, your light will rise. Then the, verse 11, I love this. 
then the Lord will guide you always. I want that in my life, everybody. He will do what? He'll satisfy all of your needs. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm giving, I'm giving you a secret to end time spirit-filled living. When the world is sun-scorched, God will strengthen your frame. When everybody else around is down, God says, I'll tell you what, if you'll learn to live your life giving and not taking, you'll learn to live your life for others and not for yourself. You'll learn to live your life on purpose and not just about me. I'll tell you what I'll do. I will strengthen your frame and you will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring that never fails. There will come a time, in the, I'm telling you before Jesus comes back, there will come a time when the sun-scorched land is all around you and the world is going to go. How are you still prospering? How do you still have joy? How did that happen in your... I'll tell you how. Because I gave to others. Because I lived my life for others. Number two, I got five of these. <laughs> I'm just giving you some forewarning of how long. We're not near about done. <laughs> Number two, you'll be cared for and supported. If you'll serve others, you'll be cared for and supported. People leave church. And they say, man, I just didn't feel cared for over there. I just, I just didn't feel like anybody really cared about me. My number one question, anytime somebody leaves their church, my number, if, if they bother to tell me, my number one question is, were you on a team? Did you, where did you serve? Where, who, who, where were you serving? Because I promise you, if you'll serve, you'll feel cared for and supported. I'll show it to you in the Bible. Proverbs eleven twenty five: The generous will prosper. That's a promise from God. And those who refresh others, what happens to them? That's just, that's just the book. I didn't write it. If you'll refresh others, you'll, be, you'll feel cared for and supported. You'll get refreshed. Number three, this one's important to me. If you'll serve others, your children will grow up with the church as their family. Your children if you'll serve in your local church in the body of Christ, your children will grow up with the church as their family. I'm going to make a statement. I, want you to be, I don't want you to be angry. I don't want you to take this the wrong way. I don't want you to misunderstand my heart. I've been preaching 38 minutes. I don't want you to misunderstand my heart in this last two minutes. I'm not saying anything is wrong that you do with your calendar and your children. But I got two on the front row. And I do not want her cheer team and his ball team to be their family. I want God's family to be their family. Now, if the cheer team and the ball team come to God's family, even better. <laughs> that's, the, that's the way it's supposed to be. But I don't want them to find family out there. I want them to find family in here. Listen to me, because that little eight-year-old is going to get 18. And I want him to know who family is at eight so that he's not lost at 18. Is that Okay. And if you'll learn to serve God's church with God's people, the, the, I'm telling you, your children will see the church as family. This is the legacy I want to leave my kids. The best thing that ever happened to me happened at church. The best thing that ever happened to me happened in church. I gave my life to Jesus at eight-year-old in a youth camp. By the way, our kids leave for camp at nine o'clock in the morning, everybody. Yeah, it's going to be an amazing week. Lives are going to be transformed. Middle and high school kids are going to be transformed. I gave my life to Jesus at eight years old at an altar at a youth camp. I was 14 years old and my youth pastor put a microphone in my hand. At 14, 
for a, for a youth service on Friday night. They made us come to church on Friday night. He put a mic in my hand and said, you, you preach tonight. 30 years later, still my family. This is still my family. The best things in my life happened to church. I met my wife at church, at youth camp. It's not going to happen to my little girl this week, but I met my wife at church, at youth camp. It's true. God called me to preach at church. I dedicated my babies at church. I was water baptized at church. Best things in my life. This is all I know. Listen, I got a good family. My mom and daddy, good people. I love my family. I love my heritage and where I come from. But this is my family. God's church is my family. Because if you'll learn to serve, your children are going number four. You get to be a part of the miracle in the lives of people. You get to be a part of miracle in the lives of people. John 2 and 9, Jesus has turned water into wine. You know this story. And when the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, he didn't know where it came from. But look at this. Look on the screen. Of course, who knew? The servants knew. Because if you'll learn to serve other people, God will give you a backstage pass to the miracle in the lives of others. He'll give you, he'll give you a front row seat to see God. You're not just a small group leader in a first grade classroom. No, 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 no. You, you get to see the miracle of a, of a six-year-old, a seven-year-old say yes to Jesus. You're not just on the student team. No, no, no. You get to see a 15-year-old receive the call of God on their life. And you get to see them. You're not just a greeter out high-fiving. No, you get to say hi to somebody who walked away from church 20 years ago and walked back into church for the first time in a long time and gave God another chance you don't just sing you don't just play an instrument you don't just come here you get to see people who connect with God for the first time and tears fall out of their eyes when their hands go up you get to see the miracle in the lives of others it's amazing people tell me pastor I want a miracle working church serve you'll see miracles every day you get to be a part of them. The servants knew. The servants knew. Here's the last reason. I'll pray for you. To serve other people and serve God with the church. Is that servants have no regrets. Servants have no regrets. When you get to heaven, listen to me, look into my eyes. You will give an answer to God for what you did. There are two judgments in, in, in eternity. I don't have time to teach this to you. The first one is heaven or hell. That's the first one. It's a great white throne. The second one's called the judgment seat of Christ. When you're a believer, you go to heaven. The second judgment's the judgment seat of Christ. It's a rewards judgment. And here's what it says. God, Jesus, literally asks you, what did you do with what I gave you? That's a fact. That's a Bible prophecy. That's two judgments. What did you do with what I gave you? You're going to have to give an account I'm going to have to stand before God and not earn my salvation, not earn my eternity. No, but I'm going to have to say, here's what I did. It wasn't much, but here's all I had. And I gave it to God as an offering. I used every part of my life. My calendar, my gifts, my talents, my purpose. I, gave, I just gave it back to God. 
And here's what happens when, when you do. Matthew 25, the serving chapter of the Bible. And his Lord said unto him, when you get to heaven, and he asked you what you did with what you, what you did. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for these people. I thank you for a church full of purpose-driven people whose lives are transformed here and then they leave here to go transform others. God, I pray for people today who may feel lost, like they don't have purpose, like they don't know what to do next, like they're, they're directionless, they don't know which way to turn. I pray for a baptism of purpose today. Come on, why don't you just open your hands before the Lord. Let me, let me ask God to give you that. God, I pray for eyes to be open today to purpose. God, I pray for every person in the room today that you would unlock that thing, passions, gifts on the inside of them. God, you didn't just bless them with all of this just for them. God, you gave it so they could make a difference in the lives of others. Father, I pray today for a baptism of purpose on every heart, every life, every giver, every person who has the gift of God the Holy Spirit on the inside of them would be activated it would activate not just for status no this isn't just for me this is for service God gave me this gift God gave me these relationships God gave me these resources God gave this to me so I could do something with my life God I got purpose on the inside come on just reignite that stir up the gift of God on the inside of you God I just stir that thing up that gift of administration that gift of leadership I stir up that gift of teaching I stir up that gift of generosity I stir up that gift I stir up that purpose on the inside of me I stir up that gift of leading others. I stir up that gift of serving others. The gift of compassion that you have. I stir it up. The gift of hospitality. I stir it up on the inside of me. I, I stir up that gift. I stir it up. God, I just pray. I pray for purpose. Let this always be a purpose-driven people that makes a difference in the lives of other people. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody shout amen. Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.